0: turning tonight in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 1, Exodus chapter 1, we want to begin reading at verse 15. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives of which the name of the one was Shiphrah, And the name of the other, Pua. And he said, When ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God, and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that He made them houses. Let's stop reading there and look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we ask You to um, help us as we look into Your Word. There are such treasures in every portion of Scripture. And we pray that you would help us to see the treasure that is here in this portion of Scripture tonight. How it applies to us in this hour. That it might be an encouragement to our hearts. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I wanted to mention that we ran out of the sheets this morning with uh, Brother Jed's letter. And the uh, contact information for our legislators, Um, what Brother Jed did this afternoon is he sent out an email that has the letter and the contacts, he sent that out to everyone who receives the prayer list. Uh, So you may not have need of the sheets, but if you do, they're back there, and maybe there's uh, someone that you know outside of this church that you would like to Uh, give one of them to, so feel free to take them. Tonight, for a few minutes, um, I've mentioned to you before how sometime, and I guess it's pretty close to every time, you can't get get to everything that you'd like to say in, in one message, and so you have to carry over a couple of things that you didn't have time to get to and sometime we're able to come back and pick them up as we want to do tonight as a way of closing the loop on a particular thought or subject and that is what we would like to do tonight on the subject of abortion and we want to do that from two passages of scripture Um, one that we mentioned and one that we read from this morning. The one that we mentioned is here in Exodus chapter 1. And there's something here that I believe is very important for us to consider. In verse 15, we have an example of something that we talk about from time to time as we study the Word of God here. Here in this 15th verse, the Spirit of God gives us some additional information that He did not have to give us. And the additional information is the names of these two midwives. And we know it's additional information because the Spirit of God could have left their names out without doing any harm to the narrative, without detracting from the message that's being conveyed. The Lord could have said, And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives. And he said, When ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter then she shall live. The Spirit of God could have left out the names of these midwives. But He didn't. And He didn't because He wanted us to know them. Now, Shifra and Puah are not the only two midwives that we find in the Bible. Turn back to Genesis chapter 35 for just a minute. Genesis chapter 35, we looked at this passage uh, last Sunday as we were talking about the issue of the physical life of the mother as it relates to abortion and the need for an abortion. Tonight we want to look at it for another reason. Now we notice in verse 8 of chapter 35 That Rebecca had a nurse. She had that nurse when she left her father's house with Jacob. And we learn here that Rebecca's nurse was Deborah. And we're told in verse 8 that she died. Now we mention that because nurse and midwife are not the same person, they're not even the same word. So, Deborah's nurse is named, but notice in verse 17 that her midwife is not named. What we see there is that it came to pass when she, that is um, Rebecca, was in hard labor, that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. This is the first time that we find the word midwife. But the name of the midwife is not given. Look over at Genesis chapter 38 over a few pages. Here we're reading about Judah and his dealings with his daughter-in-law Tamar which ultimately resulted in Tamar being with child by her father-in-law Judah. And by the way... This is another example of incest. Leviticus 18 and verse 15 says, Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy daughter-in-law. She is thy son's wife. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. And yet, that is what Judah did. But this act of incest was not a reason for an abortion. It's the second time we see this. We saw it back uh, with the incest that Lot committed with his daughters back in Genesis chapter 19. But look at verse 27. And it came to pass in the time of her travail that behold, twins were in her womb. And it came to pass when she travailed that the one put out his hand and the midwife took and bound upon his hand a scarlet thread, saying, This came out first. This is the second time that we find the word midwife in the Bible. And again, the midwife is not named. This Hebrew word that is translated midwife is found 403 times in the Old Testament. And in almost every case... It's associated with the birth, it's associated with the bearing of children. And I mention that because it gives us an idea of the potential number of women in the Old Testament who did the office of a midwife. There were certainly hundreds, I don't think it's an understatement to say that, and there could have even been thousands and yet, there were only two named. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 15. I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 1 and verse 15. The only two midwives who are named in the Bible are Shifra and Puah. Why? Why? would their names be here? I believe it's because they stood against the decree of the government to kill, to abort the male babies of the Hebrews. That's very important in the sight of God. Now, it's easy to say that. To say that they stood against the decree of the government, that rolls out fairly easy. And it's easy to do that without thinking about what these two women did. Verse 16 is the command of the king of the most powerful nation on earth. It's the command of the king who had the power of life and death. And to disobey the order of Pharaoh was punishable by death. No trial. No trial, just his command for you to be killed, and it was done. And yet these two women, Shifra and Puah, refused to carry out the king's order. We might say that these two women formed the first right-to-life organization in history. And they formed it in peril of their lives. Their actions here demonstrated what the disciples, what Peter and John and the other disciples would declare as a principle of the Word of God in Acts chapter 5. We ought to obey God rather than men. That's why their names are here in the book. Because they stood for life in the face of a government whose policy was genocide. And I think it's important to to think about this because God is not a respecter of persons. I believe He honors His people today that stand for life, that stand for the life of the unborn, that stand for the life of the old and the aged and the feeble. Folks, a nation that promotes genocide for the unborn will, will promote euthanasia for the old. It can't be otherwise. And you hate to think about it in a financial way. But the government of this nation since 1973, has killed 64 million potential taxpayers. Social Security is due to go broke in 19, uh, in 2032. That's just nine short years from now. And any time anybody even mentions doing something, To help Social Security, (laughs) they're shouted down. They get the old line of um, the commercial, the ad that ran against um, Paul Ryan uh, and Mitt Romney when Romney ran for president in 2012. It showed Paul Ryan with an old lady in a wheelchair pushing her over the cliff. And that's what you get when you start talking about doing something about Social Security. But, folks, it's fixing to go broke. It's fixing to go broke. But you know one of the ways to save it, don't you? Get rid of the old people. Get rid of the old people. We're killing them on this end. We have fewer and fewer and fewer people coming along who are paying into the social security system. And yet you have more and more people on this end who are living longer. I'm happy about that. But they don't balance. They're out of balance. And something's going to have to be done. And euthanasia will become more and more attractive. And you don't have to euthanize somebody with a needle, an older person with a needle. You can just refuse to give them health care. The attitude of many, many doctors is that people like me, we're just circling the drain. We're just circling the drain. We're fixing to go down it. So, why spend money on people like that? A nation that promotes genocide for the unborn will promote euthanasia for the old. Our position is that all lives matter. Can I say that again? All lives matter. All lives matter at every stage of life. That's God's view. And the proof is the cross of Calvary, where He died for all. Where He died for the sins of the whole world. Where He tasted death for every man. Every man. God honored these two women by name because they stood for life. And God's honor of these two women, I believe, is reflected in two ways two ways first of all in the meaning of their names the name shifra means beautiful it means beautiful the name puah means to glitter to glitter two verses come to mind as we think about the meanings of these names the first one is romans chapter 10 and verse 15 how beautiful How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Were Shiphrah and Puah preaching the gospel of peace? I believe they were. They believed the message that in the seed of Abraham, in thy seed which is Christ, shall all nations of the earth be blessed. And that seed could not come through Abraham if the male children were wiped out. And all that would be left would be female children. And the line would die out. The other verse that comes to mind is Malachi 3.16. Then they that feared the Lord... Then they that feared the Lord, and these two midwives feared the Lord. Look at verse seventeen. But the midwives feared God. Look at verse um, twenty-one. And it came to pass because the midwives feared God. These two midwives feared the Lord. But the but. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. I believe we can be sure that Shiphrah and Puah did that. I believe they spoke often one to another about the need for what they were doing. About the seed. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another and the Lord hearkened and heard it And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and thought upon his name. Now I don't know what this book of remembrance is. This is the only place in the Bible that I know of that it is mentioned. But God doesn't have to mention it but once. And the names of these two midwives are written in it but they're also written in this book of remembrance, aren't they? They're written in this book of remembrance, the word of the Lord that liveth and abideth forever. And then verse 17 of Malachi 3 says, And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. What do jewels do? They glitter, don't they? That's the meaning of Pua's name, isn't it? To glitter. And so I think we can see God honoring these two women in the meanings of their name. Shifra, beautiful. Pua, to glitter. And then he honored them in a second way. Look at verse 18. and it came to pass because the midwives feared God that He made them houses. He made them houses. Now, I believe that means that the Lord built them literal houses in Egypt. But I tell you what else I believe it means. I believe He built them in a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Because they believed the message of the coming seed, which is Christ. And they stood for and defended His life. His life. They were not only defending the lives of these Hebrews, Hebrew male children, they were defending His life and the message of His life. That He is the seed of the woman that's going to come and He's going to bruise the head of the serpent as His heel is bruised on the cross of Calvary. They were defending His life. His life that was worthy to be preserved as they loved not their lives unto the death. Which is what they faced for disobeying the command of the King as they stood for the life of the seed and the lives of those for whom he would die. And if we're saved tonight, we need to do the same thing. We need to do the same thing. And the Lord will honor our names. And as we speak often one to another about the subject of abortion... As we, as we speak often one to another about the horrors and the travesty as lives are, the lives of the unborn are, are wiped out in this country. As we speak often one to another how that it is an affront to the God of heaven the Lord will hearken and hear. And a book of remembrance will be written before him for them that fear the Lord. And think upon his name. And we shall be his, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when he makes up his jewels. And he'll see us as beautiful. And we'll glisten and we'll shine as the brightness of the firmament. And because we know him as our Savior, he will build us a house, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. This, this is why these two midwives, Shifra and Puah, this is why their names are recorded, and this is the message that their lives preach. The message of the coming seed, the Lord Jesus Christ. The message of the value of every life. Every life. There's one other point concerning abortion. And it comes from a verse that we read this morning. I'd like for you to turn over to Second Kings chapter 21. 2 Kings... Chapter 21. And notice verse 16. Moreover, Manasseh shed innocent blood very much. Till he had filled Jerusalem from one end to another. There are two words in that verse that jumped off the page at me. And they're the words, innocent blood. Innocent blood. And I want you to think about something. That is how the judge of all the earth who will do right. Remember, Abraham was interceding for Sodom. He was interceding for Lot. And he asked a question, but, but it's a rhetorical question. He said, will not the judge of all the earth do right? That's not just a question. It is a statement. It is a statement about the character of God. The judge of all the earth will do right. And the judge of all the earth is describing the blood of these children who Manasseh murdered as innocent blood the judge of all the earth who will do right does it again in chapter 24 and verse 4 and also for the this is talking about uh, why Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon why they have come up against Judah and why they're uh, beginning the process of taking Judah into captivity in Babylon. In verse 3 says, Surely at the commandment of the Lord came this upon Judah to remove them out of his sight for the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he did, and also for the innocent blood. That he shed. For he filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, which the Lord would not pardon. That word innocent is word number 5355. And it means free from guilt, it means clean, it means innocent, it means free from punishment. Are you saying that these babies that Manasseh murdered went to heaven? That's exactly what I'm saying. And I'll tell you who says it. God himself. When he refers to their blood as innocent blood. Now I want to ask you a question. How can these unborn babies then and now How can their blood be called innocent? How can they be free from guilt and punishment? There's only one way. It's because they are under the blood of the only one who is innocent. Under the blood of the only one who is clean. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. God calls their blood innocent. Folks, God is only always good. Good. People want to ask you all the time questions like what happens to these babies? The Lord gives us, I believe He gives us the answer. He he gives us the answer with David's child that died That child that was uh, the first child that he and Bathsheba had that was conceived in that adulterous relationship. David said, He shall not go to me, but I will go to him. That's the goodness of God. He's only always good. Do you know him tonight? That's an important question because you're not a baby. You're able to choose. And God says to you, choose life. Choose life. And this life is in His Son. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank You for a few moments to look into Your Word. We thank You that the answer to all of our questions are here. And we thank you for the assurance that the judge of all the earth will do right. He did right at the cross of Calvary. When the judge of all the earth took our judgment upon himself. Hallelujah, what a Savior. And we pray that it's the portion of each one here tonight that we know Him. And we pray that there would be a desire in our hearts to serve You, to stand for You, to stand for life, even if it threatens our life. We pray that You would help us in these very troublous times to be faithful to You, and we ask it